Welcome to the Management Insights Podcast Series hosted by McGraw-Hill. My name is Debbie Clare, Executive Marketing Manager for our management portfolio. Today's topic, trust and negotiation go hand in hand. Our guest, Roy Lewicki. Thanks for joining us. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm a emeritus professor of management and organization uh, at the Ohio State College of Business, Fisher College of Business at OSU. Um, I'm semi-retired in the sense that um, I'm still teaching part-time and still working on uh, our well-known textbooks for McGraw-Hill. Excellent. Well, let's dig in at the topic at hand. Why is trust important to negotiation? Uh, Anybody who goes into a negotiation faces what, what we have called the dilemmas of trust and the dilemmas of honesty. Um, and these are two sort of key elements of what I'm going to come to call, and as we talk, the negotiation dance. Uh, negotiation is a process by which parties uh, with competing positions or ideas uh, attempt to reach some amicable agreement um, and resolve those differences. Uh, naturally, each party would like to believe, wants to win. Um, so each party really wants to get something out of it um, and to get, do the best that they can. Um, but in that process, um, they run into a certain amount of dilemmas, a certain number of dilemmas, two in particular. Um, one that I, I think is, is important is that they, ha- they have to exchange information uh, in order to understand where the other side's coming from, and they have to disclose a certain amount of information in order to let the other side know where they're coming from. Uh, and in there is our dilemmas. Uh, one is how much do I trust the other party? That is, how much do I believe what the other party says? Um, How much can I rely on their word? Um, I'm sort of aware that they might try to deceive me um, or inflate their point of view or use tactics that are problematic. Um, And so I have to be careful that I don't fully trust them. So I need some trust, but not a lot. Similarly, I have to be very careful about how honest I am. Uh, Do I tell them everything I know? Uh, do I disclose my weaknesses in this in arguing for this point of view? Um, if I do, they can take advantage of me. If I don't um, give enough information, then we have no basis for sort of understanding where the other parties are, is coming from. And so, you know, at the, at the root of of a negotiation, as it comes to trust, um, we've got to resolve these two dilemmas. We've got to figure out how how do I trust the other party, and how to, honest do I be, so that we can get enough information on the table and be able to come to an acceptable agreement. Earlier, you mentioned a term negotiation dance. What do you mean by that? A negotiation dance is is a choreographed set of moves uh, that gets the parties to move from extreme positions or extreme points of view uh, to a more middle ground point of view. Um, and, and that middle ground, hopefully, is some mutually acceptable agreement. Uh, this dance can take three minutes. Um, I make an offer, you make a counter offer, and we agree to meet in the middle. Um, or it can take three months um, each side puts their you know, labor and management, each lay out their formal positions. Uh, they take weeks to meet with each other and try to come to some agreement. And eventually at the end of the, when the contract period is about to expire, uh, they come to some agreement. So, the, but in those dances, the moves um, are pretty much the same in many ways. Um, and it's coordinating that dance in an effective way that helps the parties get together. 
Now, emphasis is on trust in a lot of these negotiations. What is a good way to think of trust? Well, many definitions out there. People have approached it in, in very different ways. Um, I tend to use the, the definition that it is, it's a belief in and a willingness to act on the words, actions, and decisions of another. So I believe the other, I'm willing to act on uh, the, the belief and the point of view that the other can t- is telling me um, the truth and is giving me information that I can rely on so that I can use that information to help come to an acceptable agreement. And are there different kinds of trust? There are two important dis- distinctions in trust that I think are, are important. Um, one kind of trust is, is transactional trust. Um, and which is based on the moves and counter moves that we make um, with each other. Um, most transactional trust is um, what I call a one-off negotiation. Uh, we go into a used car lot. Uh, we want to buy a car. Um, I have to, you know, the, the seller, the, the dealer is making an opening um, request. Uh, I make a counter request uh, and we go back and forth and we come to some, we, hopefully we come to some agreement by which I, I uh, buy, agree to buy the car. Um, this, this, on the other hand, much other, many other kinds of trust are much more based on our relationship. Now, once we get to know each other um, and we understand each other and we have some basis for sort of commonality, similarity, affinity to each other, um, trust is based on that relationship. We don't ask anymore about sort of the, the give and take. We really want to sort of rely on the fact that you and I have a relationship. And in order to preserve that relationship, each of us has to, to some degree, trust the other and be willing to believe what the other says and, and have confidence that they will do what they say they're going to do. This, the second kind of difference um, is that trust is different from distrust. Um, trust is belief that, um, as we said, sort of have, you have confident, positive expectations that the other party um, is going to work in your behalf. Distrust, um, on the other hand, arises when the other party is actually out to harm you. Um, that is, that they're actually out to, to do you in. Um, and that we have to be really careful uh, about what we do um, because any vulnerability that we show um, is likely to be taken advantage of by the other party. Um, it's you know, good negotiation relies on both building trust and reducing or minimizing distrust. Uh, and we'll say a little bit more about how those processes work. So do you have some tips on how you would go about building trust? Yes, I think there are many different suggestions out there. Here are a few that I would rely on. The first is, in in a negotiation, um, we often think that the best thing to do um, is to sit down right away with the other party and um, engage in the give and take, engage in the dance. Uh, What we we learned over a long period of time is that that's not the best strategy. The best strategy is to get to know the other party first. Uh, And by the way, um, this... That's much more traditional in Asian cultures um, and, and other cultures where they build on a relationship first before there's ever really any talk about the deal. So get get to know the other party. Uh, check out their reputation. Um, spend some time with them. See if you can find similarities or commonalities and things that you that you two of you believe in. Have a, an informal conversation. Have a cup of coffee together. Um, try to do this in a way that that 
gets to know something about you that you can work on to develop your relationship. Um, be cautious. Secondly, be cautious about expressing a lot of high trust in another party. Um, we, we should not automatically go in and believe that the other party is, is completely trustworthy. We have to exert a certain amount of caution. Um, trust builds over time. It doesn't happen instantaneously. And so we should wait from signal, for signals from the other side that they're being trustworthy um, before we extend further trust to them. Um, win the other side's trust. Uh, in many negotiations, one way to win the other side's trust is to make an early concession, um, to give something away um, that in, in an early part period that, that indicates that you're negotiating in good faith. Uh, let, some, let them learn some things about you. Um, help them disclose to them some things that might help them to get you know, to know better. Um, be honest. Tell the truth. Uh, make, again, make an early concession or always uh, to, to build trust. Um, and lastly, I would say, listen to and really express, express and understand the legitimacy of the other side's perspective. Um, they're coming to the table with something important to them. Um, you may not think it's important, but they do. Um, and so you have to show that you respect um, their point of view, respect the differences between you, and that you want to work to an agreement that is mutually acceptable rather than only, one which only satisfies your own needs. I love that you use the word respect because I think that that's so critical in relationships and partnerships as you move forward in order to earn that trust. Right. I mean, that, that, that you know, that, that you, you respect their dignity, um, their point of view is legitimate. Um, you don't try to demean them or demean what they want. Um, you work from where they're coming from in order to be able to find commonality. Mm-hmm. So what signs should I look for to determine if the other party is, say, trustworthy? Um, in a negotiation, probably there are sort of three major ways um, that we try to judge an, another's trustworthiness. That is, are they deserving um, of our trust? Um, the first is, are they competent? Um, do they, do the, are they a good defender of their point of view? Can they explain why what they want is important to you, um, to them. Uh, can, you know, have, do, they, do, they, do they know how to negotiate? Uh, do they understand the rules of the dance, so to speak, so that they're willing to make some concessions and, and, and come to an agreement? Um, competence uh, is, uh, or ability is, is one thing we really look for uh, because if they can't defend their point of view, they don't explain it well, they don't seem to understand the issues, um, you know, we automatically lose faith in whether we're in a meaningful conversation. Uh, the second is, do they treat me with kindness and respect? Um, are they nice? Um, do they try to listen? Um, do they shake their head in agreement um, and give me eye contact? Um, are they showing that they really want to work together to get some kind of a deal? Um, and lastly, and I think in many cases most important, is integrity. Um, do they tell the truth? Do they keep their commitments? Um, do they follow through with what they do? They do what they say they're going to do and follow through with their agreements. Um, honesty and integrity and keeping their word, your word um, is a very important signal of trustworthiness. And to the extent that um, we're doing a deal on a handshake, so to speak, 
um, rather than writing an elaborate memorandum of understanding or a contract or something, um, it's going to be really important for them to show that they that they express integrity and try to live with that in, into that integrity. Mm-hmm. And what actions can actually destroy trust? Uh, number. Probably the most important one is deception. Um, if they're if they play dirty tricks, if they lie, um, if they bluff con- extensively, uh, if they go back on their word, um, it, deception is probably the single greatest greatest sort of destroyer of trust. Uh, at the same time, many negotiators use deception uh, and dishonesty um, because they think the, they won't get caught. Um, or that they might throw the other off balance temporarily. Um, but in, in almost all cases that I can think of, um, when deception is detected, um, it is a quick destroyer of trust. Um, the second um, is, do they keep their promises? Um, do they do what they say they're going to do? Um, if we agree on something, do they follow through? Do they show that they're willing to live by that? Um, and lastly, is it not just deception, but there's a broader category of dirty tricks um, that happen in many negotiations. Uh, parties, parties bluff. Um, they, they make outrageous demands. Um, they express a lot of, of emotion um, and, and f- usually faked emotion, faked anger, faked uh, unhappiness, whatever. There's a whole collection of, of dirty tricks that, um, that many have chronicled. Um, they're, one can get away with these, um, but again, to the extent that the other sees through it, uh, they're likely to, to destroy and, and, dis- and make trust much more difficult to sustain or, 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 or rebuild. Now, what happens if trust is broken? Can it possibly be repaired? It can, and it's hard work. Um, it's some people, for example, when lied to, um, or when deceived, simply refuse to engage with you again. Uh, and by the way, if the word gets around um, and other people learn about that, uh, then it's, it's going to be even more problematic. But there are things that people try to do often to, to rebuild trust. Uh, and hopefully that we, you know, we, you, can, you can find a way um, to begin to, to put trust back on the table. The most common is is verbal statements. Uh, People apologize. People offer explanations. Um, They say, I'm sorry. Um, Or, um, you know, let me explain why I didn't give you all the information you need to know. Um, We've done some research work on apologies, and and there are a number of components that that make for an effective apology. Uh, An expression of regret for the offense um, an explanation of why the, the offense occurred. Um, acknowledgement of responsibility turns out to be a big one. That is, it was my fault. Um, I'm responsible. Um, it wasn't somebody else. I, I made this happen. Accountability. Uh, accountability, right? absolutely. Taking, taking accountability. Um, a declaration of repentance. Um, that is, I'm sorry. Um, I won't do that again, or I will try to behave differently. And then some kind of offer of repair, of 
reparations, if you will. Sometimes sometimes saying sorry is enough. Uh, sometimes it means a dozen roses or a box of chocolates um, or some other expression um, that uh, I really I really meant it. Um, and that I intend for things to be different in the past. So, so the whole collection of verbalizations and apologies is, is a, probably the most dominant strategy. Uh, a second is, is to offer reparations. That is, if you've caused the other monetary harm, um, if you've caused them some physical damage or, or uh, created a situation where they have actual losses, you can offer to repay them for that. Um, if I borrowed your lawnmower and actually accidentally broke it, um, that I would offer to pay for the repairs and take it into the shop. Um, and I would do something that would show that um, I put my, my resources, my money, where my mouth is. Um, and lastly, um, and this happens in many situations, um, we put in what we call structural barriers or structural boundaries to repair trust. Uh, contracts formal agreements, um, creating walls that sort of help people operate within specific limitations about what they can do um, and when they can do it. Um, all of, sometimes these are legally binding, um, but all of us creating a structural set of boundaries that minimize the likelihood that trust the trust violations can occur uh, in the future, setting up uh, mechanisms to make sure um, that that it doesn't happen again. Um, those are three major strategies. There are lots of refinements in each of those in terms of how they work. Out of curiosity, um, could someone just have maybe a misunderstanding as they're negotiating? Sure, absolutely. And it's important to clarify um, if there's a misunderstanding. It's important to say, um, I heard you say um, this, um, was that right? Um, or did I or did I get it correctly? They might not have been meant to be deceptive by any means, right. and they've got to regain that trust quickly. Right. right. Yeah. Um, if you think you're being, um, if you think you're being lied to, um, if you think they're being dishonest, um, you can you can you can question it. You know, um, are you really telling the truth? Um, is that really what's important to you? Um, are you really representing the facts accurately? Um, obviously, you can be more confronting in those kinds of statements, um, but the, seeing how they re- react to those challenges, seeing how they react to those responses um, is often a real determination of whether they're, they're going to try to repair the trust or whether you've caught them in the act, so to speak, and there's, and there's no place else to go. There's nowhere else that, that, uh, that you can go to, re- to repair the relationship. So... Um, Inevitably, some negotiations end um, until different parties come to the table um, or parties find different ways to get their needs met. And Roy, do you have any closing comments for our audience? Any last minute tips? Trust is is critical. Trust is is the lubricant of a good negotiation. Um, It it, when parties trust each other um, and they can genuinely believe in what the other side is saying and putting forward, um, negotiations go really smoothly um, and don't need a lot of monitoring and don't need a lot of writing down the agreement or creating a formal contract or whatever. Once destroyed, trust is much more difficult to rebuild and sometimes can't be. 
So you really have to be very careful that under, in understanding that this, this lubrication process that trust produces is something that is, that is not ruined uh, because once it is, it, it's very hard to put the pieces together again. People that have used the, the Humpty Dumpty analogy of saying, you know, once, once you've broken the egg, um, you can't, you really, you might be able to glue it together, um, but the cracks are always going to be visible. And in many cases, you just can't put the egg back together. Uh, and, and that becomes really problematic for any future negotiation that might have to occur. That's a really great example to close on. So thank you. Sure. Uh, thanks for sharing your perspective, uh, your experience, and most definitely your advice. To our listeners, check back for future topics and spread the word to your colleagues about our podcast series. Why? Because learning changes everything. <laughs>